This episode of the Better Every Shift podcast is sponsored by The Fire Store. Learn more about getting the gear you need at prices you can afford by visiting thefirestore.com. Welcome to the Better Every Shift podcast. My name is Aaron Zamzel. I am a fire lieutenant now and a writer for Fire Rescue One. Uh, with me on this podcast is Janelle Fasquette, who is the editor-in-chief, the captain of the ship and the show. Janelle, how are we today? Doing fantastic. Really excited for our guest today. Well, we've talked to a lot of chiefs. We've talked to the chief of the year, volunteer, chief of the year, career, Today, we get to talk with the Chief of Chiefs, and that's the IFC Fire Chief, John Butler. How are you doing, Chief? Thanks for uh, for joining us. Uh, well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, and uh, I think thanks for the term of uh, endearment or, or formality there. That's a, <laughs> it is. It's, it's a big title. It's a, it's a big title, and it's not lost on me. It's true. You know, it's a big one. But, well, I will, I will tell everyone. Yeah, I will tell everyone. You weren't, you weren't a real fan of it. You're like, no, nah, let's just keep it at, at fire chief. But of course, we have to draw. Times one. Yeah, we had to draw the audience in. Um, along with being uh, the new president, congratulations and chair of the board of the International Association of Fire Chiefs. You are also the acting and have been for five years now the fire chief for Fairfax County Fire and Rescue in Virginia. And um, you also um, have, have done some service in the military as a Marine. Um, you have a pretty extensive education um, background and anybody that I've talked to about you says that you are a wonderful person that brings out the best in teams and individuals. And we're gonna um, dig into how you do that. Uh, again, thanks for being here. But let's dig in. Like, what's now that you're the IAFC president? What What are your top priorities? Well, so okay, so I got a little squeamish with the with the chief of chiefs, but in <laughs> all seriousness, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's heavy. It's a big, big, you know, the, the you know the 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 burden of command or or the, the crown or whatever they say those sayings. But it it, it is um, an honor and privilege. I know those words get get used a lot. But uh, when you sit back and, and let the gravity of it and the importance of the role that I'm finding myself in in the last uh, month, um, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm proud of it. With almost 12,000 members, between 11,000, 12,000 members of the International Association of Fire Chiefs over many countries on various continents, you know, um, what I do and what I say and what I stand behind and what positions I take uh, is heard. It's it's it matter. It's matter. It matters, and um, it's a pretty amplified podium in a, in a megaphone. So uh, I, I do take it seriously. Uh, in the last month, um, the number of times I've had to make a positional statement on things from while the wildfire um, conditions in in the U.S. in North America to you know AFG and safer funding. Uh, you know, um, you know, connectivity and mutual aid and a number of other big ticket items. Uh, I, I am cherishing the role and uh, enjoying every minute of it, you know. Um, so it's a year, right? It's a it's a one year term as the president, but it's really a four year experience um, from the time you're elected or you become uh, by acclamation, become the second vice president to the it's a you know ascending role. Second vice president, first vice president, president, and immediate past president. Those four years on the executive committee um, is some long, you know, longitudinal um, runway. So um, this is the heavy year for obvious reasons, um, but it's 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 pretty impressive. Uh, once I'm, I was sworn in, I realized, unlike other jobs where you really don't have a a known end date when you will stop working here. You know, but when you're the one year president, it's 365 days. So it's almost like dog years. Yeah. Um, you know, you wake up and say, well, um, to the average person, today's just another work day. But you have to kind of amplify the work because the clock is ticking. You know, the things you wanted to do have to be done 
um, because come August in Dallas, Texas, I'll be passing the, the baton, passing the torch over to my first vice president, uh, Josh Waldo, uh, out of Bozeman, Montana, who will be assuming uh, all the things I didn't complete um, or chose not to complete. Um, and, and, and so there is some succession in there. Yeah. And so and with that, you know, we, we talked back uh, off camera about, you know, the uh, priorities and and when you start to work on one, like you're saying, it's not just a one year. It's we've been probably working on these things for, you know, yes. for years yeah. now. And and that priority keeps going back, um, yes. you know, to the next in line. And hopefully right. you've you've completed what you wanted to do. And now it's in the hands of the next uh, person. Um, but, yeah. but but even going back. So what, what are those priorities? What are those right. things that you guys see? You know, we talk about them a lot here. I'm sure we're going to be able to dig right into a couple of them. But, you know, uh, you know, personally, what are you seeing? And then also as the IFC side of things, what are you seeing? Okay. So as the, I'll, I'll go backwards. As, as the IFC, we establish we'll lead, educate, serve, and include. Lead, educate, serve, include. Um, that's our overarching goal or, or mission and vision. Um, we also spent uh, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we spent some time. 68 members were put in a room selected by the association um, to come up with a strategic initiative plan. You know, 68 people built this consensus document that ended up being 19 initiatives. So when people ask, so what's going to be your thing? I say, well, my thing is the same thing that Don, uh, Chief Donna Black had before me, and that's to work the plan, to carry on the plan. We work for the the membership. Mm -hmm. We want to continue with the movement of members first and, and focusing on the members. So institutionally, I'm giving you this answer. This is the IFC's plan. We'll work this 19 initiative plan. So park that for a minute. Yeah. Now here, here's where John that Butler was, comes That was very well done, by the way, because you're saying you're getting used to this new role. Yes. Why not? Very good. Like, <laughs> right? Like, you're like, hey, this is this is yes. what what we as an organization stand for and everything else. Right. Yeah. So right. now let's let's go into your side of that. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this uh, as although I'm just as passionate about the organizational plan, there's a little niche that that is mine and my effort. And that is a labor management alliances. Now, it, they're words. It's labor management alliances, self-explanatory. But in a granular, what I'm talking about is labor and management, be it volunteer labor or career labor it does that's not i'm not um, focused on that but labor and management working in an alliance to look after firefighters in my case i want to focus on cancer education cancer reduction cancer prevention um you know cardiac uh, uh work um cardiovascular work um you know for firefighters that is the top and the most important thing labor and management could become a lot allies on so when I throw around the you know the the buzzwords of labor management alliance, I'm being more uh, being specific to cancer awareness reduction prevention and cardi uh, cardiovascular um, health and education. Um, I don't have to preach to our audience here today that you know firefighters are exponentially being exposed to uh, occupational um, carcinogens and exposures to to a number of, of things. Not only the buildings are on fire, but everything that happens you know after it in many cases. Uh, we see now that we've um, crested 343 post 9-11 deaths, separate from the 343 that died on September 11, 2001. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that right there is, uh, is saying a lot. Um, I'm really interested in seeing how we can detect cancer early. Uh, I'll give you an example. The department, my department here in Fairfax County, uh, we were fortunate to have a good uh, relationship uh, with labor and also um, UDS, uh, uh, a firm who helped us get a whole lot of um, ultra screening, ultrasound screening done. You know, well over seven, eight, nine hundred um, uh, firefighters and retirees. And uh, I mean, we found a little lower than a hundred actionable findings, including cancers, including cancers that people were finding out about because of the ultrasound um, scanning. So, you know, kind of amplifying that using my pulpit, if you will, to to carry that message forward that, you know, uh, we can get firefighters back to work earlier. We can get them back to their families, which is even more important, you know, um, and not have to be chasing our tails when they're sick 
are really sick. There are times where we can get in front of these things um, to the best as we can, you know. Uh, so that's my. So if I could put it in a, in a concluding sentence, it's about working with labor, labor management, working together to make sure we're doing the most for our firefighters during their their um, careers, and just as important when they leave the profession, you know. I don't want to just send them. You know, everyone goes home. Yes, we want everyone to go home. We want yeah. everyone to go home healthy, as well. Exactly, and it was just uh, I'm I'm at a at a conference right now. I just spoke, and that was really uh, one of the 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 messages that was um, not one that I I talk about, but one that was really relayed back. And you know, when you talk about labor management and you know ad administration, and you think well, firefighter health and wellness, that's an obvious thing. Why? Why do you even have to put that as a priority? Um, but I will tell you this, and I'll ask back in, like the challenges are everyone's a little protective of their side sometimes, right? And sure. what else right. have you seen in that where you can really make a big difference? Well, our, our power, our, our strength is gonna be in, in um, collaboration, okay? And, and joining forces. Mm -hmm. um, like superheroes, you know, um, <laughs> legion of superheroes, or, or whatever the case might be. In some examples, we're we're working with um, law enforcement here in, in my organization, and combining our our strength. Um, the, the dollar is getting harder to come by, and and municipalities um, paying for a health health and wellness center for police and another health and wellness center for fire, and thinking that's going to be the model. It's 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 kind of outdated. Um, the taxpayer is getting even more educated and also tighter with their funds. So how about we build one public safety fitness center or whatever? We, we're doing that with, um, with behavioral health, you know, a joint wellness center for behavioral health away from the government center. You know, we were able to put it in a, in a nondescript building away with, to kind of like provide some privacy and, and break down some stigma. You know that you're not going to the occupational health clinic to get your behavioral health, you know, appointment. Yeah. Um, where you're sitting in the waiting room, people are wondering, so why are you here? <laughs> you know, um, and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, so yes, um, you know, there there are examples, there are model examples of how we can combine forces and get more more work done for the responders. You know, uh, we're all saying the same things on the roadways and. Other uh, uh, traumatic events, be we as in police and fire and others, other law enforcement. So we might as well share the resources. Well, it's very enlightening to hear you say that because I think, um, you know, one of the the other things, you know, I can say I'm hearing that because I've been at these conferences is, yeah, we need to start looking out because, uh, you know, we don't have all the solutions. Other people are, are working on some of the, the solutions. Do you think that's one of the most gratifying things that you can do as a chief is to put the right contacts and the right people in the room? Because talking uh, with some people that have worked with you, they said you're very talented at doing that. Well, thank you. Uh, I personalize it all. It's it's personal um, when I build teams um, or build concepts. You know, I, I'm diagnosed with PTSD. Okay, I've been diagnosed for a long time. Okay, I know my triggers. I, I I've seen, you know, the clinicians. I'm okay talking about it. I'm I've been relatively okay and successful in as a career. So it's you can have post traumatic growth. You can grow. You can build. You can become, you know, who you want to be. Um, but first, you need to you know be aware and get educated and also uh, treated. So when I get behind movement, it's, it's real personal, you know, to, to your point. Um, I also have a saying where I said, my mom didn't give birth to a fire chief. You know, this fire chief thing came as a title 10 years ago. Okay. I wasn't born a fire chief. I was a firefighter. I was a paramedic, you know, and all those, uh, all, all those other roles. Um, so I, I get the ground, troops, if you want to call it, I get the grunts, as we say in the Marines, yeah. um, you know, so building those teams, I kind of dive in, it's not checking the box. All right, you know, you guys look good. You're kind of like, okay, you have good resumes. The resumes say you're really good at what you do. Well, not so much, you know, there's gotta be a little bit more to it. I wanted to touch a little bit about just like leadership too, cause you mentioned the Marines and, yeah. um, you know, you, you kind of just hinted to it a little bit about, yeah, maybe your resume says it says something, but you might be lacking. 
Um, as far as leadership, two-part question here. What have you done personally to really help develop you to get to this point? And what would you recommend for someone, maybe they're a new lieutenant who's trying to, to, to grow a little bit? What would you recommend? Quick answer, stay curious. Stay curious. Learn it all. Learn as much as you can. Ask questions. Ask more questions. Um, never rest on your laurels. If you'd asked me, any of us, 20 years ago, will we be talking about, well, obviously no one was talking about a pandemic, or will we be talking about um, the effects of THC or, mm. or EV? Or, I mean, the, the emerging issues, I'm not going to call them threats because some of them are not all threats, but the emerging issues 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been thinking about artificial intelligence and how to use drone technology and so on. It, if we're not curious, it takes only about five years and we're outdated. Okay. Yes. Um, stay curious, stay, stay in the, in the books, as they say. Um, I didn't realize that there came a time where I was told you have more education than the fire chief. And I said, that can't be, I'm just a captain. All right. Well, I didn't realize that I was learning so much going to school. I was like, got a master's degree I, and it wasn't trying to get promoted. It was just, I, I was, I needed, I was insatiable for education and, and knowledge. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an adult learner. Uh, I joined this fire. I joined the fire service as a high school graduate. I joined the Marines as a high school graduate. So all that education happened as a parent, as an adult, you know, multiple degrees and, and all the things I, I've done it's because I was probably more curious as an adult than I was as a teen or early 20s, you know. But anyways, long answer to say my immediate ask or challenge to young uh, officers is what got you here won't get you there. All right. Um, you're here now. Master your craft, but also start improving on your craft and, and learning more. And teaching, teaching is the other piece, sharing that knowledge. Trying to get better every shift, right, Janelle? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I have to jump in here and just note that another amazing talent finder, people connector said the same thing on a recent show, our very own Gordon Graham. Oh, yeah. He described himself, I think, oh gosh, what was it, Aaron? It was like being intensely curious, I think he called himself. And I think there's something that really goes hand in hand with that, with, you know, wanting to have continuous improvement in your own life, but also connect other people for their own, uh, to help them grow and make yes. those connections. And, you, you know, not only being curious about how things work, but who people are. Yeah. And yeah. I think that you and Gordon are very similar in that respect. And I just really appreciate that you, I mean, I just emailed you yesterday asking for a mm -hmm. contact mm -hmm. about something because you just, you know, all the people and you've got the right connections. And that's just a, that's a powerful skill that, you know, it's not on some list or in a class. It's, it's something you develop personally. Sure. And, yes. and I appreciate that. Do you have any, Tips for people who maybe not aren't as confident in their own kind of talent seeking or people connecting skills. Um, I would say start with one. Start with where you're comfortable. Um, meet yourself where you are, and meet others where they are. Like, don't be. It sounds so cliche, but don't be anybody but who you are. And um, like, I'm. You know, this is an example. Like, I'm an introvert, or I don't get my energy from being extrovert like. So let's see, I'll pick someone, I'll work with someone who I'm more comfortable with. And I'm not so much a mentor and they are mentee, but let's start as thought partners. Let's just start, start as thought partners. It's kind of an equal sign as opposed to greater than or less than. I'm not teaching to or learning from. We're just sharing ideas. We're just thought partners. And you get that comfort and you get to learn the ability to uh, um, communicate, you know, uh, and, and receive of the communication, sponsor each other, just be cheerleaders for each other, you know, yeah. and then one turns into two and two turns into five. And now you have a club and, and then it just, it kind of grows in a healthy way and it becomes contagious, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, um, a friend, he's a really good friend of mine. He, he also has been close to me as an advisor throughout my time uh, in the last couple of years as a, as a leader. 
and we're at FRI in Kansas City on one of the afternoons, midweek, and I I had I was I was a walking zombie. Okay, um, I don't the the work that happens as a vice president or the president at these shows can be overwhelming. You know, it was like from 7 a.m. to and then you're doing an evening social and you know all the everything that goes along with it. So midweek I was kind of dragging and we're walking down the hall in the convention center and he said, where do you get your energy? And I kind of shrugged it up. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, no, seriously, I need you to focus where dig in and where do you find your energy? And I need you to find it. I need you to find it now because you're, you know, we had just uh, rehearsed for the speech that I had to give. And he says, you, you, were, you were dull. You were, you were not on your game. You need to find your energy. And uh, we started talking about it. But so anyway, that question is something I've, I've been reflecting on in the last uh, month since I was asked. Like when I get in those spaces, I'm like, OK, John, where do you where, where do you find your energy? You know, this is where you go. Go there. Go there now, because you're 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 spinning down downhill and you need to be in the game for the next eight hours because, you know, you've got these things to do. Um, so uh, I say that uh, long winded to to the question of, you know, how do you how do you build these things? Find what makes you good. You know, wear what makes you good. Even how I pack, you know, for travel. OK, outfits like this is going to make me feel really good if I wear it. Um, and, but this isn't, so why am I putting it in the bag? You know, um, it's, it's, so anyway, that's just a little granular example. But Were I, you I, able I, to figure out what that energy source is for you? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and for me, it's, 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 it's talking. I'm not a super big extrovert, but I do get energy from engaging in a, in a mentor, like, or just a relate, a conversation. And I'm a conversationalist. Now, you know, I don't know if it's an introvert or extrovert. I don't, I don't know about that or ambivert, but uh, engaging with people, um, which, which that's where I get it. That's where I get my, my juice, if you will. Yeah. But that's where you learn about them and then connect them. Right. But, but I think, um, you know, in this day and age, that's maybe lost some way. Cause if you're, if you're behind a screen, you can't necessarily connect. Unless maybe you're you're doing something like a like this where you're having a conversation, mm -hmm. um, and, and and so I guess that goes into my next question is how do we connect more? How do we as officers, even as as just you know people within the station, how would you recommend for us to to connect? And how do you really focus on it? I think you do because you get energy from it. But what about you know everybody else? What what are some recommendations? Um establishing expectations and um, with one of the teams I'm a part of recently um, I sat down and we talked about my expectations of this team you know um, and we and I was very intentional and very specific and one of those one of the tenants that I put on the table and we spent some time was it was two words be present be present all right um, be here or be there, but don't be in both places. Okay, and, and I'm not saying physically, because I could be I could be super present with just us three right now, you know, in the world in the virtual world we're in, or we could be in a room where we're physically there and still one of us is you know is not engaged. So it's not a you know in person thing, but it's a mindset. So I'm spending more time on preaching that and doing it myself. I, I have gotten I've gotten really bad with two two telephones and a watch that buzzes and you know the phones and emails and the bings and dings you know um i'm practicing or, or relearning or repracticing the art of picking up the phone and calling not texting or emailing um doing a little bit more pick up the phone and make a phone call um and and it's you know i had to retrain that because it's easier for me to go ty Okay, or, or you know, some emoji hand wave or something, you know, as opposed to you know calling and say, hey, no, I'm calling to check on you. You know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, and it's the same three minutes. You know, like, hey, listen, I don't have a whole lot of time, but I just want to call and check on you. So, so uh, you know, in the firehouse, uh, you know, like you and and me, we walk in firehouses, and everyone's at the table with 
their devices, you know, um, it's it's a different it's a new challenge. Um, we got to figure that out. Um, but but that a lot of that is going on in the firehouse. You go in the firehouse and everyone's in some other room, you know, doing their thing, as as opposed to some of the stuff we all did growing up. I think it's interesting because there's like multitask, multitask, multitask. We've yeah. trained ourselves how to multitask right. for so right. long, and right. that was a good thing. Like yeah. you need to be able to do a thousand things at once. And now it's like the pendulum has swung. I find myself right. often saying, okay, Janelle, unitask, unitask. Yeah. Right, right. Because like you just got to focus on this one thing or you're never going to get it done because there's like so many distractions. And yes. I just think it's interesting how with like how we're, we are so connected and have so many different distractions all the time mm -hmm. that now unitasking seems to be the way to get some things done sometimes right. instead of multitasking. How do you, as a new, you know, chief, um, or and I go back to this officer, and I, I think this we can extrapolate this onto anybody. You know, how do you get more done? And now you're you're the chief of chiefs. You're a regular chief. Um, you're you you know you have family, and you have all these different demands. How, what are you doing? You know, you're saying you're, you're being more present, but then how do you get more stuff done on the backside? How do we become more efficient by doing that? Um, what comes natural to me, and we've touched on it a number of times, is I build teams. Um, there was a time I would say one of my go-to speeches when I would give speeches, I would always say, you know, the old the old phrase, you know, it's lonely at the top. Well, I've never been lonely. I've never been lonely at the top, and and that's not. I'm not kidding. I'm not goofing around with that. That's a true statement. Because I've never been alone at the top. Um, it's been been me and a, an, an executive team. There's been a, a group of people around me who are loyal, loyal to the mission, loyal to the organization. Not necessarily loyal to John Butler. That's fine too. But I'd rather you you be all in for the the great the greater good in the organization and the members we're serving. So um, I've been fortunate both in the department I was in before in Howard County, Maryland. In Fairfax, Virginia, in the IFC, and the you know in the other um, affiliations I have to put people around me who who get it, who are just as passionate as I am, um, and and we we go forward. So I'm I've been successful so far, knock on wood, to be able to multitask, to get involved with the IFC, with the, uh, the Metro Fire Chiefs, with the National Fire Academy, um, because they're folks at home who who I can count on to run the organization, even in my absence, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do everything for the organization, whichever organization it is for me right now is it's Fairfax County. The fire store equipping protectors with passion. Every decision we make as a company is about you, our customer. We wouldn't be where we are today without you. And we don't take that lightly. We understand that having the right gear can mean the difference between life and death. Our goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford. Visit us at thefirestore.com for everything but the truck and shop our family of brands, including Streamlight, MSA, Lion, Fleer, and more. Now let's get back to the show. And you have this kind of, I want to say kind of Gandhi, <laughs> just this calm demeanor. You have a command presence, but you're also very calm. Where do you get that? that from is it doesn't come naturally but you it shows it looks like it comes naturally and i know that there's a lot more to it i mean where does that come from and and how can you give me some of that <laughs> uh i think i think i was born with it and i wasn't born a leader or or even a good leader well actually i take it back i was born a leader because i'm the oldest of my siblings Okay. And that's what I meant when I said I was born with it. I don't know how not to be so-called in charge because every room I was in from, from diapers, I was, you know, watch your brothers, watch your sister, you know, you guys are playing in the basement, make sure they're safe, make sure the door is locked, make sure they get on a bus, make sure, you know, um, so I was wired that way to always have this four person team that I was um, always in charge of, all right? When they 
when they screwed up, it was my fault, and and you know, and and so on, and not in a in a in a in a traumatic way. Uh, we had a really great uh, till today. I talk with my my brothers all the time, even as we were today. We have a great relationship, but it was just a the the norm, you know, like you're you're wearing the crown, John. You're in charge of them. They scrape their knee on the playground. It's probably you know, it's you got to do better with that. Yeah, you know? it's a man so, management issue. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that worked for me. Um, so what people see as calm, I'm, I don't I don't know I'm being calm. I'm I'm being like normal, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's uh and it's funny. Uh, I went to combat with my brothers. We joined the Marines together. We went to war together. Um, you know, we're all just a few months apart. Uh, 10, 11, 12 months. Um, Irish triplets is is you know you would say. So they were not only my best friends, um, you know, we have a lot of the same experiences. Um, so, yeah. What's an example when you got worked up? Uh, I don't know. Uh, emotionally, so there was, you know, I do mission trips and there was a time where uh, one of my firefighters back home while I was in Africa on a mission trip, his name was Nate Flynn. Uh, you know, he was a firefighter in, in, in Howard County, and uh, and he succumbed to his injuries at a seven alarm fire when he fell through a basement um, at a fire. Well, uh, worked up isn't what I felt when I was uh, in Morocco and, and got the word. It was um, a little bit of helpless, you know, uh, feeling. Um, and the second thing was, okay, how am I going to get out of this desert and back home, like in the next 12 hours? And you know, it was it was it was mission time to get back home. I, uh, I I dropped everything that was happening, and I had to get home back to the department. You know, and and so if I was worked up, I was probably most worked up in that Moroccan airport, horse trading, literally horse trading. Um, to find a ticket on a plane that was going back to the U.S. Anywhere in the U.S. is what I told him, you know. Um, and uh, so, so that's probably uh, one more recent time that I, I was all, all flustered. <laughs> right. Get something going. It's mainly that helpless feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you ever get that when you're not in charge? Well, I'm really never in charge at home. With, with <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely not in charge there, you know, um, and that and that's fine. I don't uh, I don't expect to be. Um, uh, I don't think I'm in charge at, around the department, you know. And if I'm, you know, the by definition, the classic in charge, there then I haven't accomplished something, because um, one of my biggest tenets is to empower them, you know, to be in charge. Um, if, if I'm seen as the one in charge in a small unit, we've done something wrong. You know, uh, that's I'm here to, to make them feel that they have the gravitas and the command presence uh, to run their ship, run their company. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a Marine. I was a Marine since just days after high school. And the Marine fighting team is a four person team. You know, when I was in the infantry, that's what we did, a four person team. Well, what else is a four person team? Typically, crew, yeah, the engine crew or the truck crew. Um, so that's the 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 smallest unit of command. Um, so that's where I really uh, invest in the empowerment. You know, going back to building teams, I, mean, I look for these people who who are comfortable leading others, even in austere environment. So I'm gonna really throw one at you here, and this is gonna get yeah. deep. But can you kind of decipher the difference bef between being in charge and leading? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you don't have to be in charge to be a leader. I mean, some shifts, the the strongest leader is the driver, the operator of the, the engine or the truck. In some cases, it's the, you know, senior medic. In some cases, the junior firefighter who's who's leading, you know. Um, leading, it ha takes courage. You know, you can go through promotional processes and not, you know, exemplify courage. Uh, so I, I'm always looking for that. You, you've seen it too. You've seen crews that someone's 
real strong, but don't they don't have the collar pins to show that they're in charge of anything. Yeah, but their their command presence is seen, you know, and felt. And so as a leader, do you do you think about, hey, I'm gonna put that person in charge, but I'm still, you know, right? Like there is that difference then. Yeah, there there have been occasions where I've um, promoted people up to higher rank. In some cases, they jumped rank. You know, I, I pulled them up from a rank that uh, was a little lower to bring them into the inner circle of, of my team. Um, you know, example, captains who were promoted, you know, um, we, re, we realigned and we kind of restructured some of our rank rank processes. And um, there have been times where captains were promoted um, a little faster than, than others, uh, both here and also the organization I was in before, uh, where uh, you know I, I would move people up a little bit. But um, yeah, so uh, you know, taking rank aside, I've been pretty decent in in finding leaders, you know, in in all aspects uh, of the job. Um, even our civilian staff, there are many uh, who who've been moved up to take division uh, leadership roles, which they re really weren't like just a year ago or two years ago. When when you look at your whole career, what's the essential like missing piece that we don't do in the fire service to teach everybody, especially our leaders, um, that you would if you could rewrite the curriculum, what would you automatically put in um, to, to from the from the moment you join the fire service to you know, the moment you retire as a chief. If I had my druthers in a perfect world, we would invest and do more with mentorship, coaching and mentorship. Right. But those are the buzzwords. Those are the words Yeah. Uh, where I don't know yet how that looks in an academic sense is how to do that. Right. Um, it's an art, not a science. Um, you have to have you know it's it's dating it's a marriage you know the right mentor with the right mentee you and i and our listeners and viewers have seen some artificial um arranged marriages at times where janelle you shall be aaron's mentor go forth and mentor aaron good luck <laughs> yeah man i got stuck with aaron yeah yeah <laughs> You get a bottle uh, of ibuprofen with that too, by the way. Uh, without any real work to make sure that, you know, the arrangement, the chemistry, the dynamics, you know, you can't just assign people a mentor or whatever. I, I haven't seen that work really well at times. So while I, I think I know what, what's needed, I haven't yet kind of figured out um, how to make it happen. Um, I think having a, an aid, an instructional aid, like let's say a task book, or checklist, something, some instrument, some tool that the two you can use when you go through this um, 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 arrangement of you know engaging with each other. Okay, like you know a guide, a guidebook or something, a task book to help the mentor and mentee. You know, um, recruit schools do that often, where there's a you know post graduation. Here's your recruit book or your rookie manual, um, and spending time you know with it. The book can't do it by itself and a person can't do it without a tool in most cases. Well, and you've been known too, like you, you have focused on education your entire career. You're, you're a graduate of the university of Baltimore, mm -hmm. Johns Hopkins, Harvard yes. university, Marine Corps yes. university, fire service, um, executive development Institute, national fire Academy. Um, your, your executive fire officer program, uh, which I should have read in your bio, but I, I wouldn't have been able to do it in one breath. Um, but it sounds like in all of your experiences, that's just a book. And if you can't connect and be present, yeah. you're, you're not going to be an effective leader. And I think you've done a great job of, of hitting that home because I've taken those notes and, I, and obviously I retained all that just now. You know, the hard part is doing it. Are there times in your career where you have looked and gone, I'm not doing what I need to do or where you really were not necessarily disappointed, but what mistakes have you made in with, with all that education and, and to get where you are right now, what's the biggest thing that you look back and go, I, I messed this up. Um, the, 
some some retrospective look. I'm not sure I was I would say I messed it up, but sometimes I look in the rearview mirror, and I, and I applaud myself, and then I beat up on myself because I said, you know, Butler, you say yes to everything. <laughs> you know, every assignment, every job, like any. Hey, who wants to, who wants to do this? Yep, I'll do it. It goes back to what we talked about about being curious. You can be curious to to fault a little bit. You know, well, gosh, that sounds interesting. I've never done it before. Yep, put me in. You know, well, every time you are put in and you you're accepting a new challenge, guess what you're leaving behind? The the other thing that you were doing or started it didn't finish or you know and so on so in, in a and what i'm saying is there are times that i've looked back and said gosh i wish i'd spent more time on the engine or on the truck i i wish i'd spent more time in the fire marshals environment to learn about cause and origin for fires and you know um, flame calculations and some things that happen in the fire marshal's office i wish i'd spend more time there or whatever now you know we don't have infinite amount of time. You know, you can't be everywhere all at once and all those things. But so it's a it's a normal human thing for me, I think, to look back and say, gosh, I could have learned more. I could have, should have done more. Uh, but I have no regrets on all the things I did. The forward leaning stuff, I don't have any regrets because that's how that resume grew. That's how by the time I started sitting for fire chief interviews, um, I believed I would be a good fire chief not because of what the resume said, but the experiences I'd had, you know? Um, so, so, uh, yeah, there's a balance to your point. There was a balance there in life experiences, both in the fire service and outside of the fire service. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but, uh, but yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think the process of even answering that question makes you reflect a little bit. And, yeah, I, and I, yeah. I think you hit, the biggest part of that is that you need to look in the rearview mirror and understand, right. I think, and that's, you know, and that's not just coming from me, that's coming from the 40 other leaders and, and guests that we've been able to, that I've been blessed mm -hmm. to be able to, to interview. Um, and, and sometimes what I'm learning and, you know, looking at the mistakes I make just doing this, trying to interview uh, smart people like yourself is, you know, we, we constantly have to evaluate and, and, and like I said, and, and look, and if you don't use that, take what you see and improve on it, you're not going to get any better. You right. know? Uh, um, and sometimes it takes good mentors to, to tell us that, like, um, you know, you had mentioned that you're, um, you're, you're with the counterpart in, at, at the conference and they looked at you and they said, I need you to get energy. Um, uh, I wanted to, to touch on it then, but I think this is a great time. Have you ever then played that forward and done that to someone else? Yeah. Um, you know, in the Marines, we used to say, you know, um, we used the word motivate, motivation a lot. Motivate me, you know, that's motivating, you know, and, and all of that. But it was the same thought process, like what fuels you? What, where do you get your, your energy, you know? Um, and, and knowing your team, knowing your team is very important. You know, uh, there are times where, gosh, I forget where I was recently. I said, I got to get out and go for a run. I got to get out and go for a run. Um, I, was in, I was in Alaska. I was in Anchorage. And I, I, I just had, I wanted to. I had to get outside and get not hotel air. I needed to go outside in a crisp air and, and, and breathe. Not only physically and anatomically breathe, but but mentally as well, you know, like, so, so knowing yourself, knowing your team, knowing um, when physical exercise isn't necessary, when a good sleep and, and, and nutrition um, or, or knowing when to call a timeout. You know, we've been in this meeting for the last two, three hours. I'm looking around the room and we all need to go find where that question, where you get your energy. I don't know what it is. Well, let's take a time out and I'll see you tomorrow or I'll see you next week. Um, we're, we're done here. Go find your energy, per se. Go find whatever motivates you. Um, that's that's knowing your team and having emotional intelligence for yourself. And having the courage to say that. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to your team. I, I think right. I think a lot of times we think that. But mm -hmm. you got to just cut. Hey, we're not doing anything here. Let's cut it. 
go find yeah. go find something. Yep. And, and uh, the, the other thing, which it took a little bit of time to for me for it to settle in my soul, it's okay to say we're not going to solve that today. Hmm. Holy moly, we're not wired for that. You know, um, we're not we're not going to solve it today. That's fine. You know, we'll see you tomorrow or next week or whatever. Uh, but those are dead, those are deadly yeah, words to a firefighter. Yes, I right. mean, what do you, we're not going to solve it. You call us, yes. we solve the problem. Yes. We go to the next problem. How right. dare us say that, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. I right. think that's a million dollar statement, by the way, over this podcast right there is the fact <laughs> that you're the chief of chiefs say yeah. we can't solve it right now, but. And we make progress on it, right? Or yeah, we'll make progress. Go, go for, go away. Think about it. Sleep on it. Chew on it. Process it. Let's come back in the day. Let's come back in a week. Um, yeah. Was that it, was that an intentional, like when you transitioned to an officer role? Did you have to train yourself to have that patience to not? be able to solve to be okay not solving the problem because like Aaron said you're a firefighter on the scene you're trying to solve the problem immediately that's your job then you move into a higher position yeah. you gotta sometimes dial it back did that just like kind of happen organically or did you actually like intentionally say okay I have to focus like I have to train my brain um I'm coming up in 2024 I would have been a fire chief for 10 years all right so I would say that new John is probably two, maybe three years. I think I don't think it's it's a it's it's a career evolution. I think it's it's the the person behind the uniform um, that's saying it. It's not the chief that's saying it. It's it's my it's my piece. It's my inner soul. Like I'm fine. I'm, I'll come back to this. You know, it comes with growth. You know, with personal growth and saying I'll be okay. We'll be okay. You know, if this was a mayday call or a seven alarm fire or firefighters dangling over, uh, you know, something bad and people will get hurt or killed, we're not leaving. We're solving this. We're solving it in the next three minutes, you know, um, or less. But that's really rare, thank goodness, and few and far between. Most other things can say, you know, we don't have a really good answer. And we could cobble up something that's not really effective or efficient. Or we can come back and, and put fresh eyes on it, you know. So, um, yeah. Uh, to, so to answer your question, um, it, it's not so much when you know where, how I grew in the in the chief world. It's how I grew in the in the skin, you know, um, and over time. Well, I think that's a great transition because uh, we, as we really appreciate all the insight into, uh, you know, leadership and being present. And uh, I, I think it's, it was really nice to hear a chief say, you can't solve all the problems. We have to figure out what's the best route to do that. And it might be step away, look at it from a different angle. Um, and, you know, to work on that personally and to personally develop, um, which is a great segue because we like to personally ask you just some questions uh sure. you know a little more personal sometimes maybe not even fire related we call it the hot seat yeah. questions and uh janelle we get some of these from the internet we get some from our previous guests that say hey when you get chief butler on ask him this question <laughs> yeah. um, so uh before we let you go we've already gotten enough uh, of great tidbits of, of of motivation and and you know leadership uh credit and knowledge for our listeners so now we're going to go into these hot seat janelle you got some for them oh yeah all right my, my first question is a, kind of a two-parter so it's about superpowers first of all how would you define your superpower if there's one thing that you just know that you're really good at I mean, we've we've kind of said it here, and I think it's the perception that I'm cool, that I'm that I'm calm, <laughs> like the the duck, um, the, yeah. the, the duck yeah. on, under the water, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I use the word perception very intentionally because that's the first um, 
path for people following you, you know, that you're, that you have a command presence, that you are calm, you know, uh, you know, that when everything's going crazy, somebody's got a cool head about, about them. Not, not the right answer, not the timely answer, but let's start with somebody who can listen. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and uh, so I think I've done well with that. Um, uh, you know, when I was, I don't know how much time, when I was 16 years old, I was at the library and I said, I'm not leaving here till I find a part-time job to help my parents with bills and all. Anyway, thumbing through the newspaper, I found a pizza place that needed um, a pizza maker. Actually, they didn't even need a pizza maker. They needed the prep person who sliced the, the pepperoni and the bell peppers and all of that. 16 years old, moving the story forward. I take the job. Um, a week later, um, the owner of the restaurant walks in and fires the entire management staff. He fires like a third of the, the restaurant and it's everybody who had keys to the management office. He fired them and he said, the new boss is the 16 year old prep guy in the back. He's the he's going to be the manager now. <laughs> and at 16 years old, I was the manager of Expressway Pizza in Columbia, Maryland. Um, and, and the owner uh, said, you know, he was he seemed he was the coolest head. He seemed to be the right person. I mean, I don't know what, I don't remember. It's been too long, but he picked me. He didn't pick the guy who made pizza. He made, picked the guy who cut the bell peppers and the onions. And, and I became the manager of a, of a pizza joint um, at age uh, 16. And I don't remember, but he, I remember him saying he saw something that I could handle it. I'm like, this guy is like really crazy to do that. But, uh, and, and, That's and, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and and, and uh, it's been that way. It's been that way for a long time. That you know, uh, put him in charge. You know, he'll figure it out. It, did it work out for you, for him and you? It did. Uh, I did that until I went off. Actually, I, I did it until I went off to the Marines. Uh, so yeah, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade uh, for three years. I hired my brothers as drivers. Uh, of you course, know, yeah. But you know, there's last story about the pizza joint. Okay. Um, my two brothers were drivers. They were delivery guys. And I hired them, nepotism. Uh, and, I, and there came a time where they were often late to work. And I said, Georgia Rip, you guys cannot, you cannot show up late for work. Okay. The rest of the staff sees me giving you a free pass that you're late for work. That doesn't bode well. And um, a day or two later, the two of them came sashaying in late for work. And I terminated my two brothers, fired them. Wow. I fired them. Wow. That, <laughs> Does this come awesome. over Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> Guess how many other drivers were ever late again? None. None. <laughs> if he can fire his brothers. <laughs> right. You know, you know uh, so they were, they were terminated for like a week. And the mom, my mom made me hire them again. <laughs> He gave me the guilt trip. And, uh, I were, feel like I, there's like a whole book. Just we should have read the pizza. story. The man who fired his own brothers. I this yep, yep. Janelle. I'm going to edit that. We're going this to the beginning. This is great. And then I'm I'm going to leave out the old. You had to hire him back again. I'm not. That's fine. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> just with the brothers oh until God. today. Till today, uh, forty years give or take. Forty years later, if I bring it up, there's still. There's still some feelings about You're salty about it. Yes, today, <laughs> forty years later, you know, maybe we'll have them on once. Oh my god, I'd, I'd love to dig into this. And then if you know, if they're a couple minutes late for Thanksgiving dinner, do you put them at the small table? I would <laughs> keep throwing the hammer down, yeah. Chief. They were, yeah. they were not happy for a couple of years over that. What <laughs> you mentioned. Um, earlier on that you found the job in a newspaper and I just yeah. wanted to, you know, educate some of our younger listeners that that's what we used to do is we had these newspapers. That's where you found everything. Yeah, um, help wanted. Help it, wanted in the back of the paper. <laughs> and so my question to you then is what's the biggest uh, change you've seen with you personally over the years? Um, the biggest change is uh, more focused on, on, on preparing others. Maybe it's, maybe it's as you get older, as you, you know, as they, the proverbial get long in the tooth 
Uh, it's more like, am I leaving this in good hands? Am I leaving it with good people? Or, you know, and, and all those things. Um, there isn't much, if anything, I don't want, I don't, I don't need or care for anything new on my resume. I don't, I don't, it's not a thing. Okay. Res, I don't, there's nothing here that I want to add to the There's resume. no more room. I'll be honest. I read it. <laughs> no more room. Uh, but, uh, but if I can just kind of spend more time investing in empowering people, building a small unit leader, you know, the small team, small unit, um, and, and, and focusing on that. Yeah. That's great. All right, chief. I want to know who are your heroes and you can define that however you want. Uh, my mother is, uh, is a hero. Uh, you know, she, she raised Marines. She raised the fire chief. She raised the Maryland state trooper. She raised some, some rambunctious boys and a, and a, and a younger sister who's just the best. Um, so my mother, I, I would say my mom and dad, but my dad, my dad's passed away and my mother's still alive. So yeah, both of them, uh, in totality. Um, she's one, uh, general Colin Powell. I'm, I'm a student mm -hmm. of his and his leadership style. I spent a lot of time, um, uh, emulating and studying how he operated. We have a lot of commonalities. Uh, he was a naturalized U.S. citizen. I'm a naturalized U.S. citizen. We're both military. We're both infantry. Um, and uh, so there's we're both Fairfax. Uh, until he passed away, he was Fairfax County uh, residents. You know, he lived not too far uh, in McLean, Virginia, up here. Um, did you ever have well, a chance to meet him? I did. I did. Uh, yes, he uh, he's a frequent. Um, a small restaurant in McLean, McLean fam a family diner, I think is what it's called. And uh, ran across him a couple of times and had a conversation or two. Yeah, uh, impressive man. And so, so there's that. Uh, yeah, that's, there's some others that probably don't come to mind now. But the first one would certainly be my mother's she's tough as nails. <laughs> We should get her on. I think the story she could tell with, uh, with oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. She really good. She's my hero now too. My gosh, man, that's a, that's a pretty um, you know successful family that she's raised. Um, you mentioned uh, a General Powell. Uh, he wrote a, a great book. Um, I've actually got a chance to see him speak to in front of eighteen thousand people, and it was a, a, a very, uh, I think remarkable and, and speech in which I, I felt connected to him. Like he just felt like he was talking to you. Yeah, you know, there's 18,000 right. people in there. Um, but I mentioned he did have a book. Uh, what are you reading right now is my question to you. I'm reading, uh, I haven't, I got it on an airplane two days ago and it's Patrick Lencioni's uh, newest book. I, the title escapes me. Uh, a friend gave it to me for my travels uh gosh the title escapes me um but that's what's what i'm gonna be cracking open in the next few days i've literally picked it up for airplane travel and i haven't had the chance yet um, there's another book that i did just finish by westman and uh and that's called uh how to run an effective as a ceo how to run an effective board okay pretty much. yeah i'm probably not getting the title exactly right but it's about running a, a board and being a CEO and being effective with that. Well, it, it, so there's self-help, there, there are ways yeah. that you can improve. And, and that leads right. to my last question, Chief. What are you doing every day to get better every shift? Um, spending time with people. Uh, where do I get my energy? You know, uh, currently talking to you from the fire department headquarters, um, most days, I don't think I can say every day, but most days I get in the car and get out of here and find at least one fire station to go to for at least 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, but finding the troops where they are, uh, be it at the academy down the street or at a training. But I got to see some people. I got to see people who are on the uh, on the front end of um, providing services to the community. So that's 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 my thing. A little sleep, a little workout, I'm good. Well, and that's, I think, says uh, pretty much a lot about who you are um, and, and what you stand for, just connecting with people, setting the example, um, being present, uh, 
you know, understanding that we can't solve every problem, but we need to sometimes step away, figure yeah. out how to get energy. Um, so many just great bits of information and insight. We, we thank you so much for, for being here. Congrats on, um, on the position. And uh, we, we look forward to, you know, hearing all the good things about you, hopefully getting you on and, and talking some more about your accomplishments. Um, for those that are listening to this, by the way, you can watch Chief in Action on the Fire Rescue One YouTube page. You can also see us on the uh, FireRescueOne.com. You can watch us in video. Um, if you are listening or watching, we ask that you rate, review the show, send us a message, tell us if we're on something or onto something. If you have any questions that we can relay on to uh, Chief, you can send those emails to Better Every Shift at FireRescueOne.com. Again, the words of uh, the the fire chief of chiefs um, that I know he doesn't like, but um, after listening to this, I, I'm glad he's he's heading the ship. He's a wonderful person, leader. It's Chief John Butler, and uh, again, be present, to everybody. Make sure that you connect with people, take care of yourself, uh, and most importantly, make sure you learn something, do something, and share something yes. to make you and those around you better every shift. Thanks for listening. Thank you. You said it better than I did.